Hey, just so you know, Andrew said that uh, Reed and Mariah just have been gone for three weeks. Look, we don't keep track of when you guys aren't here or something like that. <laughs> we knew that because they're leaders in our ministry. And so if you're like, gosh, they know how long I've been gone. Like, we don't count. Wouldn't that be awkward? Like, all right, Joey. Joey's not here. Dang, it's three weeks. <laughs> Somebody Facebook Joey. Is there any Joeys in the house? Any Joeys? All right, John chapter 12. I think we're going to start in verse 20. John 12, we're going to start in verse 20. This is what it says in my Bible. This is the New King James Version. You ready with me? All right, it says, Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Long story short, there's a big uh, celebration the Jews were having. Then they came to Philip. Philip was one of the followers and disciples of Jesus. Uh, who is from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. A little game of telephone. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Jesus here was speaking of his, of his death. He wasn't speaking of... When we think of the word glorification, we, well, let's just, let's just keep going. Verse 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Awesome. Flip over to Matthew chapter 11. We will have a party. Thanks, Zayden. My son is louder than me. He literally talks all the time. When I'm not around, he starts talking in English. It's really weird. All right, 11:28 says this. Come to me all you who are uh, sorry, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Say amen. amen. Jesus is talking. He says, "Take my yoke." Say yoke. yoke. Come on, say yoke. yoke. Not an egg yoke. Not an egg yoke. But a tailor-made passion for you. Jesus says, take my tailor-made passion for you and put it upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden, say burden, my burden is light. Preaching tonight from the subject, the planted seed. The planted seed. I'm going to pray. Before I pray, I want to preface it with something. Tonight, I'm going to be very candid. That means very frank. That means um, I'm going to be very frank with you. I'm going to be very straightforward. Can we turn down the lights on my face, please? I can hardly see this group right here. Thanks. I also want to preface it with another thing. Thank you. That, (laughs) oh my gosh. I thought it was a bomb in here at first. Somebody's just leaking gas here in the front. It's 
You can just, oh, there you go. I'm going to be very candid tonight. And secondly, if this message uh, relates to you, please, please, say please. Please know that, that I am not speaking to you personally. You hear me? If you think Gabriel's just preaching at me, I promise I'm not just preaching at you. Now, yes, I hope to preach at each of you individually, but this message has not come because I sat down or talked to one person. Cool? Don't think too highly of yourself. Let's pray. Buckle up. It's going to be fun. Just kidding. Father, tonight, thank you so much for your mercies. God, thank you for your love for us. God, as we were singing tonight, it's all because of your love. And tonight, God, we ask that you would overwhelm us and consume us and penetrate our hearts with your love. God, we ask that you'd make yourself known tonight. God, I ask that you'd help me to communicate what's on my heart. I ask, God, that you'd help me to, to articulate my heart and where I am and what you are leading me into and where you're leading us into. We trust you tonight. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Grew up in Willow. When I was 16 years old, I was in a place. I was painting a barn. Say barn. While I was painting that barn, barn, not Barney, barn. I was painting that barn. I was actually painting it purple. Some say I'm feminine wearing a pink shirt. I'm just comfortable with who I am. Don't be judgmental. Painting this barn, and I had never been to church in my life. The only time I ever heard about Jesus was from somebody that told me once a month on my couch drinking whiskey. Told me that if I wanted to go to heaven, I just I had to believe in Jesus. So every night I would, since I was 13, go down to my room and ask God to forgive me my sins, bring me to heaven, and Lord, please give me that dirt bike that I've always wanted. Still never got it. One day, I was painting a barn, and as I was on this barn, God spoke to me very clearly. I didn't know it was God at the time. At the time, I thought it was, I didn't know what it was. I just knew it was compelling and convincing, and it was real. And God spoke to me and told me to move in Anchorage at 16 and uh, go to Abbot Loop, this church. And go to Heritage Christian School. Long story short, the first chapel was a Wednesday morning. I was sitting right back there. There's no altar call, there's no message. It's just the Lord that fell on me, 
I couldn't ignore his call on my life, how real it was. I came running down to this spot right here. For two hours I wept and gave my life to the Lord. And since that time I've been in this church, since that time I've been in this city. When I was a senior, I wrestled with leaving, getting ready to graduate from high school. There is this natural desire and tendency. How many have experienced it? Rhetorical question. Cool. Which was to leave, to leave Alaska. I was flying back from Mexico on my senior trip with my family. And I'm working on my career path that I was pursuing, and that was to be a chiropractor, because my whole family are chiropractors pretty much. And I was going to work with my dad and my brothers and to be a doctor. And as I'm taking notes, the Lord spoke to me again. He said, I didn't call you to be a chiropractor, I called you to build my church. I'm not saying that if you were called to be a chiropractor, you can't build this church. But I knew God was speaking something to me that he spoke when I was right here a couple years before. So I said, all right, Lord. Told my dad and my parents indirectly rejected me for about a year and a half. And they, to sum it up, they hated me. A few months later, I, I liked playing basketball. In high school, I was pretty good, and I really wanted to go play college since I was, oh, I don't know, fourth grade. And so I was prepping to go play college, got offered to go uh, walk on at UAA, and uh, as I was there one day uh, playing at UAA, um, the Lord spoke to me again and said, you're not called to play college basketball called to build my church. And I I must reiterate, this is my call. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. I just want to talk about me tonight, right? Let me talk about me. So if you feel called to play college basketball, then then go play college basketball. If you feel called to play in the NBA, get another dream because you won't play in the NBA. (laughs) Unless you're like ridiculous. And yeah. I'm just going to be, I'll tell you, I'll be candid tonight. If you think you're going to play the NFL, you're probably not going to play in the NFL. But some of you just need to like realize that you're not the American Idol, that you don't have a ridiculous voice, or that you're not the most amazing athlete. I'm just helping some of you out tonight. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like I just got to get that off my chest. So I decided, you know what, Lord? Okay, I get it. You've called me to stay. Or no, 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 no. You didn't call me to stay necessarily. You called me to build your church. Well, then the next thing that came to mind was I need to get a degree. So instantly I started thinking about colleges I should go to. And I had every person and their mother tell me I should go to this college or this college or this college. And I considered all these colleges and all these ministries and all these places that I really, really thought, man, I could go there or here or that ministry school or over there. Man, if I could go down there, what if I could find out who I really am? And 
I asked all those questions and wrestled with all that. But deep down in my heart, I knew that God didn't only call me to build his church, but he called me to build his church at Abbot Luke Community Church here in Anchorage, Alaska. And, and I, I became convinced, I became convinced that a diploma wasn't going to win a city to Christ. And I became convinced that a philosophy or a tool that I might find at some school was going to help me win people to Christ in my city. I was convinced that there was no tool or philosophy that would help me become a better pastor. I was convinced that the only thing that would help me accomplish what God has called me to accomplish was a burden, was a love, was a passion for His people in His city. I became convinced that there was no tool in some foreign country. When I say tool, I mean philosophy or principle. There was no tool or philosophy or principle that I could go get to bring back here that would really do anything. Because tools and principles and philosophies don't win people's hearts. A relentless love wins people's hearts. And you can go get your tools and go get your philosophies, but don't expect that if you come back here, that you're going to be more valuable. Do you hear me? What I'm saying is that longevity and commitment and perseverance of loving a person, of loving somebody down the hallway from your bedroom, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? Reed, I think this is so amazing, man. I think it's so amazing that we feel called to travel to some foreign country to do missionary work, but we won't walk down the stinking hallway to love our brother or to love our sister. And that makes me sick, and I think you should be ashamed. Because I'm telling you that God is not calling you to go to a mission school or to go to some foreign country or to go to some college if you can't love your own sibling. Because I'm convinced that God wants you to learn how to love your friend, your neighbor, the person that has a locker right next to you, your mom, your dad, to do the stinking dishes before you're called somewhere else. I'm trying to be real. Because I don't think that the majority are called to leave. I think the few are called to leave. And if you're called, you're called. And I will lay my hands on you and I will bless you. But if you don't love your neighbor, I will question your calling to leave your city. Because I would say, you're not leaving your city for the right reason. I think you're running from the reality of life and it's easier to leave your city. Keep your tools. I don't want them. 
Keep your principles. Keep your philosophies. I don't want them. We don't need them. Let me say it this way. If you feel called to leave, I would say go, but stay. And don't waste their time. Don't, don't build some real relationships for a couple years and then leave. If you want to go to college, please go. If you feel so led, make sure your motives are right. And ask people who really know you and might not tell you the right thing. Ask them what they think. And if you're supposed to go, go. I mean that. If you're supposed to leave, leave. But please, hear me. Don't go build a couple relationships and love people and then never come back. I'm not saying God can't use that. God, God can use that. I'm, I'm asking the question, why? Why? You want to you make an impact? You know what leaves an impact? Longevity of love leaves an impact. I'm trying to tell you there's no philosophy out there that's going to help you. You, you hear me? You, you're not going to find yourself somewhere else. I reiterate. I want to reiterate. This is not, I'm not saying that if you go somewhere that you're outside of God's will. I'm not saying that. I'm just really challenging you. Why do you want to leave so bad? You're just controlling. No. I'm just burdened for my city. And I want people to be burdened with me. And if you're going to be here, then be here. Then be here. Then be here. And love here. Don't wait to go love somewhere else. Because that's not love. Jesus says it this way. He says if a seed dies and falls to the ground, it produces fruit. <clears throat> a seed that doesn't die and fall to the ground, what? What do you say? It doesn't produce. They, the Bible says, Jesus says, they remain alone. In other words, there is no fruit. What are fruit? People are fruit. He's not talking about apples and oranges and strawberries or carrots. Those are vegetables. He's not talking about those. Okay? He's talking about people. You with me? You with me? Jesus says it this way. If you want to produce fruit, plant yourself. Don't drift. And my question is, are you a drifting seed or are you a planted seed? I can tell, I can, I'll help you right now. I'll help you right now to tell you whether you are or not. Because you're thinking, Gabriel, I'm not going. I'm not even talking about leaving the state. You, could, you might think, I'm living here in Alaska forever. That doesn't apply to me. This applies even more to some of you. You could stay in Alaska your whole life and never plant yourself. I'll help you. A drifting seed, hear me, is a seed, is a person that has no followers. A planted seed is a seed that has followers. 
Jesus said, if it doesn't die and go into the ground, it remains alone. You feel lonely? Probably because you haven't died and said, I'm here for good. Or I'm planting myself and I'm giving up my life for people. Okay? But once you've planted and you said, I am trading my life for people, you will have followers. You will have fruit. You will have people that want to be around you. You will have people that are growing in Christ around you. I heard T.D. Jakes, he's a southern preacher. He's been speaking and he's a pastor down in, I think it's in Florida for the past 30, 40, 40 years, I think. And he was asked to speak at a conference and as he was flying home the next day, one of the pastors from the conference asked him, hey, I'm going to speak to the leaders tomorrow morning, the pastors from all over this nation. Do you have anything that you would share with them? He said, yeah, I'd share this with them. He said, tell them if they're not willing to do it for 10 years, it's not worth doing it. If, if they're not willing to be a youth pastor for 10 years, tell them just, just leave. If they're not willing to sign up to be a leader in their city, and trade their life for people for 10 years, just tell them don't do it. Go find something else. If you're not willing, think about this. Think about this. Think about this. Mission people. Bless mission trips. If anybody feels called to travel the world, I feel called to travel the world. But I have not gone on a mission trip because I haven't felt burdened to leave my city yet. Mission people. If you're not willing in your heart to stay there for 10 years, don't go. Because I would say you're wasting your time. And I think the Lord does too. Because if your heart isn't saying, I'm going to be here to die for these people, you're wasting their time. And you're wasting God's time. And you're wasting your time. But if you have a heart that says, man, I could... I could build a hut there and stay there forever. Well, then maybe you should go and be a blessing. But don't go on a mission trip to go get a vacation. And don't go on a mission trip to go grow deeper with God. <laughs> You're wasting people's money that are trying to support you to go. I want this city really, 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 really bad. But it's not going to happen unless a bunch of people come together and say, I'm going to die and I'm going to be sown in the soil of Anchorage, Alaska. And I'm not going to give up. And I'm not going to stop. And I'm not going to consider other options until this city is turned upside down. Gabriel, that's pretty radical. Yeah. Dad, as you're considering this, don't forget what Jesus did for you on the cross. There's so many people in this youth ministry. Forget the city for a moment, and let's just talk about this youth ministry. Let's just talk about the people that are here. 
There's so many people here that just want to be known, that just want to be loved. We just got down with a series on the unknown, the lost sheep and the lost coins. The lost sheep are those that aren't here, and the lost coins are those that are here. There's so many hurting and lost and broken people right here, right now, at 8, 11 o'clock on a Thursday night, under the sound of my voice in this room. And you want to leave. Listen, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you can only love people here. I'm saying if you're here now, listen, I'm saying if you're here now on a Thursday in Alaska, then trade your life now. really want to see this state as a place where Christians will come to be refreshed and restored and to be sent out to their homes and to their cities. I want this state to be a refuge because I think that's what it will become as a refuge for the churches of the world. I want this city to be known for its love for people because, of their, because they're overwhelmed with the love of God displayed through Jesus Christ on a cross. But even more than that, I want every single person that's in this church to feel like they are perfectly loved. Are you hearing me? I want every person in this church to be known, to be heard, to be loved, to be understood so that we would become a place where kids at UAA would want to come. We'd be a place so that kids that Golden View and South Anchorage High School and Service High School and Diamond High School and West High School and Bartlett and East and every other school and middle school and high school that is in this city and in this area. They'd want to be a part of our community because we love each other. But that won't happen until you plant yourself. That won't happen until you die to your little desires and your selfish ambitions and say, I'm going to stay. And I'm going to plant myself. And I'm not going anywhere. You know, what, you, know what a, you know what a drifting seed looks like compared to a planted seed? A drifted seed has a hard time spending time with people they don't really want to spend time with because they don't have love for them. See, a planted seed makes excuses to go spend time with people because they're overwhelmed with love for people. A planted seed says, not only am I going to stay in Anchorage, Alaska, in this church or in the church of Anchorage, not only am I going to stay here, but when I leave, I have a hard time being gone too long. 
and I can't wait to get back home to love my people. See, but a drifting seed is a seed that just blows to the wind, and it will think practically with me now. If you had, a, if you had a, 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 an olive seed or an apple tree seed, if it's floating through the air, it won't produce fruit, right? But if it hits the ground and goes into the soil, roots begin to grow naturally. And a tree begins to sprout and eventually apples pop off and people eat them. Seeds that are floating and drifting have no value. Seeds become valuable when they die and fall into the soil. You have no value when you're just drifting around. You add no difference to the church or to this world when you're just floating around. You want to bear fruit that remains? You want to do that? Find somewhere and get planted. I know this is not like a light, easy, fun message where we laugh and clap our hands and can't wait to, to talk to each other. But I just want to be real. Where are you tonight? Are you drifting? Or are you planted? Are you drifted? Or are you planted? Are you just floating? You know what a floating seed looks like? They feel like they have to help out with a ministry. They feel like they have to go to that prayer meeting. They feel like they have to go to that church service. They feel like they have to go to another meeting. They feel like they have to take somebody out to coffee. They feel like they have to go talk to somebody during the mingling time. They feel like they have to call somebody up on the phone and hang out with them. They feel like they have to. But a seed that is planted has this natural burden and passion and desire. And they can't wait to go to that pre-service prayer to pray that God would move on the hearts of every young person that comes on a Thursday night. By the way, we have pre-service prayer every Thursday night, 6 o'clock here, every night. Please come pray. But don't do it because you feel like you have to. Don't come. Don't come. You're, you're wasting your time. <laughs> Seriously, you're wasting your time. Come with a burden that says, man, I just really want somebody to know Jesus tonight. I really want somebody to feel loved tonight. I really want somebody that's dealing with condemnation to be delivered tonight. I really want somebody that's dealing with depression to be filled with the love of God, the joy of God. I really want somebody to just feel the presence of God for the first time, maybe. I really want, I really want the, the worship team to feel like they're in unity and they're working together and they can go in pursuit toward God and help us lead us to a place where we're encountering God at a deeper level. I, I can't wait to go pray today because one, I gotta be with my brothers, I gotta be with my sisters. And two, I gotta I gotta pray, I gotta ask God, I gotta communicate with the God of the universe and ask him to move tonight. Get planted. That's God's purpose for you. Get planted in your family. Love your sibling. 
Are you, hear, are you hearing me? Do the dishes. Clean your room. <sighs> go down the hallway. If you're not willing to go down your hallway to your little brother and ask them how they're doing, you're not called to leave this city. This is challenging. I hope you're challenged. If you're not willing to love somebody in your own church, you're not called to leave this city. Just telling you. Why? Because God isn't concerned with you going to the ends of the earth before you learn to just love your Jerusalem. What does that mean? Well, Jesus told us to go preach the gospel in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And to the disciples that he was speaking with, Jerusalem was their native place. A little bit further out was Judea, and even further out, a place they never went to, was Samaria. And the ends of the earth was the ends of the earth. But he first told them to preach the gospel to Jerusalem. Let's just consider Jesus and the way he did ministry. He didn't get born, live a life, and then when he started his ministry, he left and went somewhere else and did ministry. He stayed in Jerusalem and did ministry because that's where he was from, and that's where he knew he would have the most impact. When he took his disciples, Peter, James, and John, and the rest of those disciples, Manglers. <coughs> he didn't pick them out of the boat and then say, hey, you need to go over there. He put them out of the boat and said, walk with me through the streets that you walk through every single day and do ministry with me. When God saves you, he doesn't ask you to leave your family. He leaves you in your family and on this earth and in this city. That's why he doesn't transplant you to somewhere else. And he leaves you there so that through the transformations happening in your heart will begin to show and make a difference in the place that you are. Right? I'm not, asking, I'm not asking you to pull up your bootstraps and work really hard and love everybody, necessarily. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to, 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 to just, well, okay, yeah, I guess I'll love some people, you know. You know stupid. <sighs> Bye, Wow. World of Warcraft. See you later, selfish ambitions, you know. No, because I, I didn't ask you to do that. Oh, I hear what you're saying, Gabriel, but it just gets tiring after a while. And then you're not planted, and you haven't died. So you don't get tired of loving people when you've been planted and when you've died. And when you said, I'm here, I'm not going anywhere, this is my city. Whose city? My city. This is my city. If God were to write me a letter, he would say to Gabriel Webb in Anchorage, Alaska. And he would write it like that. As he wrote to the church in Ephesus, he said to the church in Ephesus, in Christ Jesus. 
And he, if he were to write you a letter and us a letter, he would say to the church of God that is in Anchorage, Alaska, and who is founded in Christ Jesus. We are the church of Anchorage, Alaska. And we might have different gatherings in different places and call ourselves different denominations, but we are one people under one banner, and his name is Jesus, with one mission, to love one another. And to build a family in a unit where people want to be a part. I didn't ask you to force yourself. I'm asking you to get a burden. You feel weary. You feel tired. You feel like that would be overwhelming to trade your life, just to love somebody, to take somebody to lunch, to buy somebody a coffee, or just to sit and have somebody over at your house on a Friday night, somebody you wouldn't normally spend time with. If that seems overwhelming to you, then that just tells me you haven't spent enough time with Jesus and allowed his love to fill you up so you feel overwhelmed and burdened for people. Gabriel, I'm just, I'm just not that good of a person. Neither am I. And so because I know that, I fall on my face and get before Jesus every day. God, I want this city, but more importantly, I want this church. And so I need your love to compel me so that I want to spend time with people. And I want to bless people. And I want to encourage people. I don't have some special thing because I'm a youth pastor. I'm a person like anybody, and I need the love and grace and mercies and compassion and comfort of God like any of you. And I have to get on my face and allow him to give me his heart for the people just like you. I wouldn't be doing it if I felt like I had to. I'd do it because I love it. And what I'm saying is I want so bad that a group of people would come up with me and my wife and the leaders and the, and the pastors in this church that are doing the same thing. Because if we come together and we plant ourselves, I promise this city will be turned upside down. But it won't be turned upside down if we keep drifting around from place to place and we don't allow ourselves to die and get planted. I'm telling you, this is not just my heart. This is our senior pastor, Josh Tanner's heart. This is the leaders, some of the leaders I know that I build with and lead with. Primarily, I speak for my executive team, Reed and Mariah and Seth and Elena, my wife, Ashley and, and Andrew and Jesse and many others. And I, I'm, I'm not going to speak for you, but I know that this is our heart. And we're asking, would you carry this burden with us? Because it gets kind of tiring if you're doing it all by yourself for so long. Not necessarily tiring. It gets kind of sad. It gets kind of sad because you see how many called believers there are, but none of them are living for other people. It's kind of sad to see that you have a calling on your life just as much as I have a calling on my life, but you're still a drifting seed. That makes me sad. It makes me sad to see someone who's filled with the Holy Spirit, but they're just drifting. It makes me sad to see people in this church, but they're not planted. Because I know if we rise up and we come together and we become a unit of people that love each other, ain't not one person in this world that would not want to be a part of this church. You do more for your city if you love your neighbor than you would if you stood on a corner on a little box and tried preaching and passing out tracts. You do more for your city. You do more for God if you love your little sister or your older brother. Or your younger brother, or your older sister, 
or just your mom and dad. You'd do yourself better, God's kingdom better, and you'd be blessing the Lord if you did that more than you thought, man, I'm just called to the nations. No, you're called down the hallway. You're called to the pew sitting next to you, the person in the pew sitting next to you. You're called to your neighbor. Worship team. Can you come back up here, please? That's just a little bit of my heart tonight. When you guys get up there, just start playing something. I don't care what it is. Aren't they amazing? You know what my prayer is for you? You know what my prayer was for you today? be honest, I prayed for all of you today, most by name that I know, <clears throat> many I don't know by name. You know what my prayer was? My prayer was that you would, you would lose more sleep because you'd be praying for your city and for your neighbor. My prayer was that you'd cry more because you'd be overwhelmed with love for your people. My prayer today was that you would scream more because you didn't have a word to express what was in your heart for your city. My prayer was that you would read your Bible more, not because you had to, but because you really wanted to know what Jesus was like. My prayer was that you would pray more. Once again, not so that you, not because you had to, but because you really love Jesus and you love people, and so you wanted to pray for people. You know the crazy thing? God calls us to die for people, but we don't want to. God calls us to lay down our life and to get planted, but we don't want to. That's my problem. And that's your problem. I'm not asking you to do some ministry, lead some program, and even necessarily start a small group. I'm asking you to do what Jesus has asked us to do, and that's to love each other. The problem is, when I say that to you, you know what that'll cost you. And you don't naturally want to. If you have any inclination of wanting to, it's because God's given you a measure of His love and desire. Jesus says, it's time for me to be glorified. What in the world? In other words, I'm going to go hang on a cross. Some, some Greeks were coming to talk to Him. No, right now, it's time for me to be crucified. And then he goes on and prays in, 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 uh, in uh, 
Oh, a few verses later. He prays and says, Should I pray, Lord, let this pass from me? No, 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 I shouldn't pray that. I shouldn't pray let this crucifixion pass from me. I shouldn't pray that this dying to myself would pass from me. No, but for this purpose, I came. For this purpose, I was born and brought into this world was so that I would die for mankind. And so I go freely. Why? Because Jesus had what you and I do not naturally have. He had love. Not by fruit, by nature. Not something he tried doing, but by who he was. Jesus doesn't have love. Jesus is love. Jesus had a burden for people. And he says to us in Matthew 11, 28, 29, and 30, if you don't have that burden, it's okay. If you don't want to love people the way I love people, that's okay. Just come to me and lay down your little burdens and your little desires and your little ambitions that are causing you to be tired and weary. And I will take my yoke see and I'll take my burden and I'll put it on you and it's easy and it's light you begin to want to do what I want to do you begin to want to pray the way I pray you begin to want to love the way I want to love you begin to act the way I act because it's easy it's it's natural because I put it on you but I won't put it on you unless you ask you have not because you've asked not you want to get motivated just get on your face every morning say Jesus Here's my burdens, here's my worries, here's my concerns, here's my junk, Lord, my crap. I lay it down and I just thank you that right now as I do this, you're filling me up. I may not feel anything, but you're filling me up. I may not even hear anything. I don't have a worship team in the background. I'm just sitting here by myself and I know because faith says that if I come believing that you're going to reward me, that you will reward me. So I sit, God, fill me up. Because I'm meeting with people today. I really need your love. I really need your love today. Because I don't want to love them. I, honestly, I want to yell at them. So God, I need your mercies. I need your kindness. I need your generosity. I need your patience. I need your perseverance. I need your gentleness. I need it really, really bad. Because I really, really, really want this city, this church, to fall in love with you. So help me today, God. That's my prayer works works when you ask when you ask for love works when you're more concerned with the who's than you are for the what's it works when you're more concerned for the people than you are for things God speaks to you about people and then he gives you the what and the what is love for people